What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's up? Dude, we took a little tour, mm-hmm. checked out the building, and then uh, I'm excited for this because there's a lot of questions that I have because I've never seen this space before literally in my life. So let's start with introductions and then we'll jump right in. Awesome. What's up, man? Uh, Jared White, 28 years old, owner of Il Molino, founder and principal currently. Um, yeah, so this is what we're about. We uh, All this is... Uh, based around hair initially mm-hmm. i'm a barber by trade um and then i think uh just kind of went from there realized the amount of people that i saw um week in week out and then uh, ultimately just my wheels would start spinning and what more could we offer these patrons clients that are more like more like family at the end of the day so yeah that's uh it's a little bit about me what did you did you want to do anything before you started doing hair Honestly, no. no. I think I was a just a young, dumb, eighteen-year-old kid that didn't know what he wanted to do. Uh, I cut hair out of the house for quite some time. Um, friends, family, pretty much anybody that trusted me. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. So I'm, I'm from a small town, actually. I'm from Gowanda, New York. So I graduated okay. with about 112 people in my class. Sure. Uh, at the age of 18, 19, I think I moved up here to the to the big city of Buffalo. And then uh, I, did, I guess just started to spread my wings there and just started to network and really uh, just go from there, truthfully. What was that first haircut like that you gave somebody? Was Were you super nervous? Like, I'm going to mess this person's hair up so bad. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Just It was absolutely atrocious and probably nothing that I'd want to showcase today. I'd probably showcase <laughs> to, my, to my team to show them how far I've came. Right. Uh, you know, we have some a lot of junior guys right now that have never touched hair before, but they have re- really good people skills, good leadership skills, and that's what I'm looking for right now. But uh, I think they, come, they may come in now and work for um, – take this step with Il Molino, and they look at me like I'm – I don't know, some maybe some hair god or something. I don't know. But, I mean, we all started at the very ground level, and every haircut is going to be atrocious for anybody getting into this industry. So, Did you go to the – I don't even know what the like, curriculum is to get into hair and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's two ways you can actually become a master barber with New York State. Uh, one would be the more traditional route would be a, an apprenticeship program. So, basically, you're going to do an apprenticeship under a master barber. Uh, that's a two-year program. Um, I think the state calls for like 40 hours a week, but more or less how it's structured right now with the state is it's from start to finish. So if you were to uh, enroll today for the apprenticeship program, two years from today, you'd be able to take your state board. They're gotcha. not really monitoring hours, you know, so on and so forth. What are the boards like? Because I'm most familiar with everybody taking their boards for like the medical field. Yeah. It's like the super stressful thing. So what is it like in this industry? Uh, the boards, I mean, it's a practical, so, I mean, it's a hands-on, uh, just, 
it's 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 honestly kind of bogus. Honestly, is I, it? I, 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 <laughs> truthfully, yes. Yeah, it's it's a tr- it's it's yeah. absolutely terrible. I could spend right now probably the next thirty minutes with the two of you, and you could take your state board tomorrow, and you're going to pass with flying colors. It's more really? so for like sanitation purposes. Sure. It's not like it's not about technique. Um, the quality of the haircut, it's more so that you just know how to proper properly drape somebody. Mm-hmm. God forbid you cut somebody. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with that razor? What are you going to do with that towel that's been contaminated? Or is it going to go in this bag or this bag? I sure. mean, it's kind of common sense, honestly. Okay, I got So you. it's really focused more on the safety and not the actual haircut itself. Correct, yeah. So then the additional training, because I know there's, there's classes that you can take for beards, yep. and then there's also like edging mm-hmm. and then fading. Like yeah. where is all of that downstate in the actual big city? So truthfully, I mean, all that's going to be based upon private entities just hosting hosting a class oh, more no or kidding. less. Okay. Yeah. So there's no that. like institutions that like, okay. hey, we focus on this, we focus on that. Truthfully, I went the schooling route, so I actually went to through the BOCES program, but that was more or less just to expedite my, my licensure with New York State. I ultimately knew if I wanted to be a good master barber that I was going to have to be, well, I guess one, surround myself with a good team and learn from each other, and two, just, um, I guess, go home and just do my own due diligence on how to properly cut hair and the latest trends and styles. Um, so, yeah. That's crazy. Truthfully, I have nothing good to say about the program as far as <laughs> with, with the state, uh, the apprentice. Uh, it's it is what it is, yeah. you know. So here we are trying to elevate that for people that want to get into it, uh, possibly this industry. But I guess we'll get into that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you can't like if you're an apprentice, you can't grind and work like seventy hours a week Correct. to potentially get there before the two years. Mm-hmm. You have to wait the two years. That's tough. Yeah. yeah. But you know what it is? The apprenticeship program you can actually operate as if you were a master barber without the title oh okay so you could enroll today let's just say the the state approves everything immediately you could start cutting hair tomorrow mm. because you hold could you license. imagine uh, yeah, exactly and I've, <laughs> I've seen it done before you know what i mean so you can i personally like the apprenticeship program much more than the schooling route um you know the apprenticeship program you're surrounded by fellow master barbers right mm-hmm. that have been in the industry for months years decades however long right um, but you're you're learning and you're simultaneously building your book of business sure. so you know when once you're in the schooling program you learn how to cut hair and they put so much emphasis on the state board that like i said would take 30 minutes mm-hmm. with you guys you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's state board state board state board and then they, these these younger barbers aspiring barbers are coming out of these programs and they're okay i'm licensed now where's everybody right i can cut hair not fully understanding. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the apprentice program builds the clients for that apprentice barber, too. So that's nice. I mean, that's how I got introduced to you guys. You yep. did your uh, that post where you are saying, basically, anybody who wants to be cut by an apprentice barber, you can come in on Tuesdays and a master barber will watch over you. But yep. it's just it's such a cool environment. And we'll get into, like, why you chose that route okay. of the, the actual setup of the business itself, because that's really what attracted me, to be honest. Um, but so going back a little bit, what is the difference between, like, a hair, hairdresser and a barber? Is there a difference between the two? So the main difference between the two, right, is going to be a hairdresser or stylist can work with color. Okay. So they're licensed to do that. Um, work with various colors, hair dyes, so on and so forth. Now, a master barber, the difference between the two is that a master barber cannot work with color, but we can use a straight razor. So that's the difference between color and a straight razor. So, I mean, I could be a stylist and do men's cuts, right? And technically, I'm not allowed to do uh, work with a straight razor, but I mean, you know. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I love the straight razor. I think the straight razor is what gives barbers, like, that's what I want when I come to get my hair cut. I just, I mean, yeah, like there's so much class to it, but it's terrifying. You think so? From, I mean, dude, I got no experience with blades like that. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? So he's got the beard. I just, this is the most I got. So at the end of the day, I'm not going to sit there and basically take a scalpel to my chin. Right. Just be like, I got this. Yeah. Because what if I sneeze? Do you go to a barber right now? No, I have a, um, a, a, a woman cut my yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I to be honest, my hair is not difficult to cut, right. uh, so it's not, right. you know, and nine yeah. times out of ten, I'm wearing a hat. Yeah, 100%. And nine right. times out of ten, it's a loyalty thing. She's probably been servicing you for how many years now? Yeah, exactly. I mean? Yeah. yeah. So so when when barbering <laughs> first started, there was the, like, the straight razor. Mm-hmm. 
it wasn't disposable blades. It was I don't even know what they're actually called. But then you oh, stra- yeah. you strapped it or whatever. Strapped it. Yeah. 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 Why? What was? I, I've heard a couple instances of as to why they went the disposable route. But is there an actual reason behind it? Uh, efficiency, more or okay. less. Yeah. I think it. You know, uh, a classic straight razor. You're gonna have to spend some time disinfecting that. And if you're a high volume shop servicing people every half hour, every every hour, or you know, there's shops out there that are doing haircuts every 15 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So it just comes down to efficiency, I think. Is that that new, right? Relatively. I mean, it's it's. Uh, Was it five? Maybe no, five probably years? more than that. Honestly, I've, Is I've, it? yeah, I've been cutting for over ten years now, Pro- professionally, within a shop the last eight years. Okay. So I mean, it's been around. It's been a thing since I've professionally been in a shop operating. Okay. So hmm. interesting. So, so how did you go from Gowanda cutting hair? You start with friends and family. Mm-hmm. You mess up a couple friends and family, yep. you stick with it, and then you come up to Buffalo, and now you have what we're in now, which, to me, is like the most bougie <laughs> location to get a haircut in the world. And I walk in, and I, I made fun of Derek, because I'm like, you would go here. Like, what is this place? <laughs> so like, it's just amazing. To go off of that, that, that often frightens me sometimes. I often feel like our concept is... It's too much? Bit, uh, maybe for Buffalo. Right. I do feel that at times. Sure. You know, people will walk by our establishment and they're they're appearing, they're you know they're glancing in. And they're like, oh, what is this place? Can I come in? Can I not come in? Is it a is it a club? Is it you have to be a member here? So on and so forth. But I mean, yeah. So at times I, I do feel as if it may be a little much for Buffalo. But I you know I think uh, it might might help with Buffalo evolving with the times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So catch twenty two sometimes yeah. in my head. So let's explain to our <clears throat> listeners what is bougie about it okay picture yourself in new jersey and everybody cares about what they wear how they look and they're okay with basically getting a super unique experience so you walk in there's loud music which is amazing a bar a full bar that has scotch a pool table lounge chairs a ps4 or something like that too right yeah game consoles basically hooked up on a tv huge windows so you can look outside and then basically laugh at people because they don't look as good as you anymore. (laughs) Pretty, uh, uh, honestly, a really, really well-lit space to get your hair and everything else worked on, which I think is key and very underrated in a lot of locations. Um, But it's clean, and it's really modern, so everything is is streamlined. Um, And then all the angles make, make sense for the space, but it's a really good, unique um, use of space. You're not wasting square footage. So, yeah, you basically walk into that and you're like, can I get a haircut? And then they're like, do you have an appointment? It's like, <laughs> who do I got to know to get a haircut here? So why did you want to incorporate a bar and all this other stuff to your... How does it even work? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I hope you guys cut this next part out. But So I was with a brand for the last... I was with a brand for a good period of time here. And... Learned a lot from this brand, good things and bad things, right? Um, you know, very appreciative to this day for the things that I've learned there. Um, but as time went on, I looked at my book of business. Now, in my peak of cutting hair right now, um, well, I guess going back. So I would operate five days out of the week. Um, you know, I would service upwards of 100 people a week, right? So I would look at these individuals that came in. Um, one, I would try to grow a, a relationship with these people, mm-hmm. cultivate those relationships, and then thereon, I would go home, just my wheels would start spinning. And what more could we offer these individuals to really solidify what we're doing as a community? You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, the, I mean, the wheels just started spinning. And I think there, at the time when we really started to brainstorm this idea and getting ready to kind of birth this being and this concept, I think there was two concepts that we found across the world that are doing kind of what we're doing with the bar. Hmm. So it does exist. Uh, Yeah, Calgary. And I think there's one, there might be three now I'm thinking of. So yeah, there's definitely one there. New York City. There's another one, a brand that started doing something similar. And then um, I want to say London too. Okay. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, and then we just went for it. Honestly, we said, "Why? Why won't? Why wouldn't this work?" We know right. people in Buffalo love to drink. Mm-hmm. We we love sports, right? So, I mean, you know, we seven eight months out of the year, it's gloomy as as ever, <laughs> right? So, I mean, people are indulging into some fine beverages, if you will. So, um, 
so yeah, we just kind of went for it and said, you know what, let's just let's just throw it at the wall and hopefully it sticks, you know. So how did you start that process? Like, I, there's got to be a form that you have to start with. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Go, going back to uh, uh, New York State. Um, yeah, so I mean, we're fully licensed for uh, beer, wine, and liquor. So that was a pretty, pretty. Uh, Which is an S- SLA, right? Yep. So you're dealing yep. with the SLA, state okay. state liquor authority. Um, basically, you're getting all your ducks in a row before you submit your application. Actually, I used um, a liquor expediting company. Um, the owner of that um, that company, his name is Bob. He formerly used to work at SLA, so he kind of knows the ins and outs. Sure. And right now, he's opened up a business to help smaller businesses. Hmm. Um, I guess retrieve their license sooner and quicker than they would if they were just doing it on by themselves, if you will. Someone at that establishment had to be like, "You're asking for this for a barbershop? Like wh- th- that connection had to have been interesting for people because it doesn't exist, like you're saying. I mean, except for London and New York City. Yeah. So um, I guess leading up to so basically, it, it, it depends on the the license that you're going to go for. Um, so we went for the full shebang, right? So basically, I have to. There's a 500 foot hearing, right? So any establishment with 500 within 500 feet of our establishment can go to this hearing and attest and mm-hmm. say, you know what, I object. Like I don't want these guys coming into town. It's going to affect my business, so on and so forth. Um, but uh, I guess in, in this hearing, you're standing in front of a, a state liquor authority judge, if you will, and she's he or she is going to approve your case and kind of hear you out and what you're about and what you plan on doing for the community, what offerings um, you and your establishment have other than, uh, I guess, alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, you have to you have to deliver a full map of your space with every chair, you know, every placement of everything within your establishment. Present it to them. Okay, people are going to be drinking here. They could mm-hmm. walk over here and have a drink as well, so on and so forth. You have to present to them a food menu. So within New York State, you have to um, be able to heat up food in your own establishment. Oh, okay. So you have to have food readily available in order to serve alcohol. So you may go to establishments or you may have been in places before where there's like there's popcorn in the corner mm-hmm. or there's chips behind the bar. Those people are grandfathered in. So they're grandfathered into an old law. So every every new every new space or new aspiring business that would like to obtain a, a liquor license, they have to be readily available to serve food. So you're probably sitting there questioning, what the hell do we serve for food, right? Right. So we did not want to make it extremely complex because guys like yourself, we don't want you guys coming in and oh, I'm going to go down to the barbershop and have a panini. I'm going to have right. this. I'm going to have that. No, we didn't. We did not want to do that. So. Um, I have a good friend of mine, client turned friend. He is the uh, head chef at a local restaurant here in town, a really nice restaurant. And um, I would just constantly pick his brain. So basically, you need to heat something up in your own establishment, and you have to serve it on your plate. Uh, you can't order a pizza and then serve it on sure. your plate. So that's you know exactly what pretty much what you can't do and what you have to do. Um, so we we serve gourmet waffles. They're like these Bel- Belgian like pearl sugar waffles. You guys ski at all? Snowboard? Yeah, I, I used to. At used least. to. Okay, yeah. so you're familiar with Holiday Valley? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the bottom of Mardi Gras, there's that waffle hut. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much the waffles we're serving. Just okay. a quick snack, you know, something, you know, light and easy. Um, and obviously, we're meeting state requirements, you know. But you're not going to come here and get a steak. Yes. <laughs> but, the, dude, that's crazy. You can literally get a haircut, have a glass of McAllen, and have a waffle and go home. Go home. That's it. That's you don't have to order insane. the food, though, but it's available. Right. You know, I've heard of people uh, going against the state in a, a roundabout way where they do a hot bologna sandwich, but it's a $75 bologna sandwich. So we have it, but are you going to spend it? Sure. Though? See what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, there's there's numerous ways you could work it, but I don't we, know we weren't the, looking to... I don't know if bologna can ever be worth $75. Yeah, true. <laughs> but, I mean, I think that was their way of just keeping, you know, a, a small stack of it and... You know, not having the overhead. So it had to be heated up to like it couldn't be cold cuts or anything like that. No. Wow. Well, it's so great, right? Yeah. So it's always forever changing. So I think you have to have a few items that are at least you're able to heat up sure. and serve, right? So we serve waffles, right? So we could do a cold cut if we wanted to yeah. because we do have an item that we have to heat up and serve to you. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, a cold cut would not would not suffice. Wow. If that's the only item. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you get through that hearing, it's approved, and then community business owners are like, all right, this is 
I guess, the new thing that's going in around the corner. Right. So we'll check this out. So were you alone with your book of business when you first walked into the space? Or did you already have kind of like a team moving in with you? Yeah. Yeah, I had a team. Okay. I, yeah. I, uh, I think everything I do to this day is very, very calculated. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I mean by that is that if I don't know the answers to something, I know the people that have those mm-hmm. answers. And that just, go, that just goes back to my book of business for my years of cutting, creating those relationships and cultivating those relationships. So, uh, But yeah, we had a team together in place, ready to go. Did you poach barbers from, poach kind of sounds like a bad term, but did you request people to come and work for you, uh, other barbers around the area, or how did you form your first set of barbers that worked for you? Yeah, so the former brand that I was at, I actually hired two guys over there that came on under me. So uh, when we parted ways, it was a no-brainer. These guys were coming with me. Mm. And then uh, I knew some other individuals that were in the industry. Um, we had a good relationship. And once you know they heard about the concept and where we were going to be placed downtown, you know, I think they came in, looked at it, and you know, said, why not? Let's do it. I believe in the vision. Mm-hmm. I believe in your work. And, yeah, so we had a good team to start off. And we have seven chairs here. So this was our first shop. Uh, So it's a seven-chair barbershop. I think at first there was four or five chairs that were taken up. And I kept two chairs vacant for quite some time. Uh, The reason being is that I was looking for the the most perfect fit of people to represent Il Molino. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's a lot of good barbers, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, maybe some of those good barbers aren't so much good people. Sure. So more or less, it's always been my motto for Il Molino is that we want to hire good people. Mm-hmm. And if you're not a good barber, I will teach you how to cut really good hair and you'll be a good barber. But being a good person comes first. I like that. Yeah. So do you specialize, in your opinion, mm-hmm. do you think that you specialize in one or two things that you're like, okay, this is, <clears throat> I can actually fix this. So if if somebody's trying to replicate something that you, you can do mm-hmm. and they butcher it and you got to like save the cut, mm-hmm. um, whether that's happened early on or not, or if you just look at your entire toolbox and you're just like, these are a lock forever. Like I'll never have an issue with these one or two things. Like what are those? Tools, probably my shears. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, these shears that, you know, once you get to a higher grade, higher quality shear, I mean, these things are going to run you into the thousands and you're going to have them forever. Okay. So, I mean, this will be passed along to somebody, like yeah. kids maybe or somebody else that takes over El Molino one day. But, yeah, I mean, I'll have these forever. Uh, but as far as a haircut, is there any haircut that that I wouldn't be able to save? Is, was that your question? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure, yeah, but I don't think we've seen that yet. Um, as Derek said... Um, on Tuesdays, we do these uh, this free cuts for clients, and it helps out the clients, helps out the apprentices. I am pretty much there the entire time. Now I'm not breathing down that apprentice's neck, sure, but I'm I'm around. So you need yeah. you need me, you know, because that just applies the pressure, right? They're working mm-hmm. on somebody new. They've never cut their hair before. It's maybe a new style, or maybe a new consistent consistency of hair hair texture, so on and so forth, right? So that already in itself is nerve-wracking. Then you have, you're you having, the, I guess, the headmaster barber breathing down your neck watching every move, you know what I mean? Right. So I always teach the guys, if you ever come to a troublesome area, call me or one of the fellow master barbers and we'll, we'll correct it ASAP. You know? Yeah, just like stop. Yeah, just stop yeah. it or go, to, <laughs> go do something that you know what to do mm-hmm. on, the next, okay. on the next step. I feel like colics are very tricky. And I get stressed out when I, because I know that I have a bad colic in the back of my head mm-hmm. uh, that never lays down. So whenever I go to a new barber, I'm like, listen, this is a problem area. Like you have to, I'm letting you know right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, naturally they are very troublesome. It's just a matter of uh, learning how to handle that part of the head. So everybody has a colic, right? So some people have one colic, some people have two colics. And placement on the head is different. So it could be center, right, left, or they could meet in the middle, and it could be two, right? Um, so I don't – yeah, I guess they're tricky for some. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, exactly what you just said, you know, it sticks up, it goes all over the place. So if I had to guess, you probably went to an establishment before, and they didn't know how to handle your colic, so they just cut it off. So right. when it's cut off and it's 
that short, it has nowhere to go besides up. So that's what you're saying when it goes all over the place. It gets springy, this and that. So if there's more weight there, or if there's more length, which will cause more weight, which will then cause it to lay down. So each cowlick grows either clockwise or counterclockwise. So it's just a matter of combing it in that direction. Sure. But everybody has a colic and they all suck. But yeah. Well, even beards have colics, right? Yeah, you can. Down here in the lower yeah. part of your neck, yeah. I didn't know that. It's stressful, man. Because yeah. then when you shave that, you're more prone to like cut yourself that area, right? Because the hair follicles are Yeah, I mean they're somewhere. going in like a circle. Yeah. So there's 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 uh there's you know, a risk there or a chance there that you could I guess snag one of your pores and yeah. Super fun with the straight razor. So right. <laughs> so well then who the hell cuts your hair? Uh, I got a, I got a few guys within the brand. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's fascinating. Honestly, yeah, honestly though, I'm like, I'm more picky with my clients' hair than I am with my own mm-hmm. hair. I have like months worth of growth under this hat right now. Um, but honestly, I'll, I, I've had a few of my apprentices cut my hair or do certain things. Maybe sure. not cut my entire head, but and now I understand it may not be the best haircut I've ever received, right? But I understand I'm helping them out immensely because right, sure. now they're cutting the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it helps with their nerves, and if they can cut me, then hopefully they can cut anybody that walks in. So. What about your beard? Do you do your own beard too? Nobody touches my beard. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a pride thing, man. <laughs> yeah. It's a pride thing. Last yep. time I was here, he's like, you want me to touch the beard? I'm like, I'm good, man. Yeah. I got to do it myself. Mm-hmm. I I would tell him do whatever the hell you want. I yeah, I don't know. So you started with this. This Washington place is the the original, yep. and this is kind of your flagship. When did you decide that you wanted to start branching out and opening different places? Because you don't really see that much with barbershops in the area that right. they want to go out. Um, I think early on we knew that we wanted to really grow, ex- grow, and right. expand. Because I, I feel like. We have the recipe in-house that would really help us grow and really go up against some of the, the best barbershops known mm-hmm. in Buffalo today, right? Um, but I think we acquired our second shop right around the same time as this shop, which we didn't really announce right mm-hmm. away because we wanted this one to really showcase who Il Molino, who we are as, as Il Molino, right? Um, but that shop would be our Lewiston Youngstown location. So it's actually in Youngstown, New York. I always say Lewis, and a lot of people don't know where Youngstown is, and I find myself in this five-minute conversation <laughs> des- describing where Youngstown is. But, um, but yeah, so basically there was a property owner up there that owned a building with a barbershop that was there since, like, 60, 1964. Okay. Um, and this barber was in there for pretty much the duration of his life, more or less, right? So this this guy, this barber, the most recent barber that was in there, I think this goes back to 2018. Yeah, 2018 it was. Um, the, the poor guy kind of had a sudden death. He he was like on blood thinners. He cut his leg open. And Jesus. Long story, yeah, so long story short, this property owner was very adamant on keeping it a barbershop because it was, you know, it was very, you know, very near and dear to mm-hmm. him. And I think this this. Oh God! No, we acquired it in 2018. This it was vacant for like a year or two prior to that. Okay. But he kept it vacant because he wanted the perfect fit to be in there. Sure. And at first, I think we were kind of hesitant to really look at the space, being that it's an hour away from here. Right. You know. True. You know, Lake Ontario, right? But um, the more we learned about the shop, learned about the details of the shop, and uh, we took a look at it, and honestly, it was a no-brainer. So. That's cool. How many seats are up there? Two, but I mean, there's room for four, four in sure. total. If we wanted to do it with that space, I mean, we have the market cornered up there. So I mean, from Wilson on and like Lewiston up, I mean, they kind of have to come to us. That's awesome. There, there are salons in Lewiston, right? So if, I mean, if people go to a salon, um, but yeah, so this is crazy. So that was basically purchased. For lack of better terms, yeah, more acquired. Or less. Yeah. It was acquired by the team mm-hmm. at the same time as this. You built this, dug roots, mm-hmm. and then started to basically build up there, grew that out. Yep. So then, then you got the the third location. Yeah. Keep in mind though, the Youngstown location was turnkey. 
I mean, mm. it's okay. been a barbershop since 60, 1964. So yeah, we, yeah. when we acquired it, we said, you know what? We're going to keep it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, the landlord was super accommodating with us. He just wanted to have good people in there, a good brand mm-hmm. in there. Uh, so we were in there for, it was a pretty sweet deal, right? Yeah. And then we solidified things on uh, months later. Um, but, you know, it was turnkey. And we said, you know what? We're going to keep it what it is. We'll have discussions down the road on updating it to you know, what we want Il Molino to be, you know. But yeah, then the third actually um, would be Williamsville. Um, yeah, kind of a kind of a really, really cool space, and it kind of circles back. So actually, two storefronts down, I started at this barbershop mm-hmm. that was two storefronts down. Interesting. Yeah, and this gentleman is still there. He owns the shop. He's in his late 70s early 80s uh no offense to him man. he's just kind of he owns the building mm-hmm. he owns property and you know just it's been in the family so he just it's you know it's his right mm-hmm. um so yeah so <laughs> we uh i would keep in contact with the shop owner since we left so when i say since we it was the former brand that it was with sure and kept in contact with him over the years um, just to pay my respects and pay homage to him and just giving me my start because I really, you know, a kid from Gowanda cutting hair out of his mother's garage. Now I'm cutting in Main Street in Williamsville. You right. Know what I mean, getting right. top dollar for a haircut and I'm still learning how to cut hair. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And really built my book of business in, in Williamsville. Um, so I had a, you know, I have a lot of respect and appreciation for this man. Um, so anyways, over as the years went by, I would stop in and again, just pay my respects, give him a call. Uh, but during covid um i'd stopped in a little bit more frequently i had a little bit more time i think we all did right so oh, yeah, I'd, sure. I'd go in there and uh just shoot the crap and just catch up this and that and um i think yeah it was one of the visits it might have been before that actually uh, my timing could be all off but more or less he asked me he said, hey why don't you come in and i'll rent you a chair i go I go, I'm not looking to rent a chair anymore, you know. And then he, he said, I'll rent you two chairs, three chairs. Each conversation he added on a chair. So it's a four-chair shop. And um, finally, I told him, I'm like, listen, if I'm going to rent anything, I'm going to rent the whole shop because we now have two shops. So mm-hmm. this, you know, I'm not looking to rent a chair no more. We have a full team, uh, an up-and-coming team to staff more places. Long story short, um, I think it was a very sentimental piece to him, and I don't think he wanted to part ways with the space. And we weren't looking to purchase the space off him. We wanted to lease the space from the floors to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. More or less come in and rebrand it with El Molino. You know, you walk in there now, it's a very classical mm-hmm. barbershop. Um, and then right next door, I've gotten to know the landlord of that building next door, and he's a tailor. And he would see me frequent the shop so basically, he kind of caught me on my way out one day and said, hey, I have this space that's opening up. Um, so, of course, I met with him and uh, everything just made sense. So I went back to the original barber, right? Mm-hmm. And I told him, I go, listen, I just want you to know, like, I hope we can work something out. And by any means, this is not, I wasn't not threatening this guy. But more or less, I told him, I said, listen, we're coming to Williamsville one way or another. Right. And we hope that it's with you. And... You know, at the end of the conversation, he just couldn't part ways mm. uh, with his space and, you know, giving it, you know, handing it off to somebody else in a sure. totally different brand. And, you know, I was up front. I told him the conversations that were taking place next door. And he was, you know, he was understandable. Um, it's a business at the end of the day. It's a business at yeah. the end of the day. And, he, he, you know, I think his clientele, he understands that we're his clientele is his clientele. Mm-hmm. And it's been with him for years. And our clientele is our clientele. You right. Know what I mean? and so, and besides, it keeps it competitive, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, did did the town have any issues with two different locations and two different styles and business models being that close to each other? No. The town had issues with signage and what signage you were going to put up. That was the issue. But no, they didn't have issues with... Uh, Interesting. No. Okay. I mean, if you go down Main Street right now in, in Williamsville, I mean, there's a salon every other... Sure. Well, that's true, too. Head, yeah. I mean? so, yeah. But no, I think, I think there's three barbershops in Williamsville, which is... I think it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, that, honestly, it's a lot. Yeah, down, yeah, it is. But down yeah. here in the city, in Buffalo, I mean, every corner, every block, there's a barber shop. You know what I mean? And that's one thing I think we're facing here in this industry here in Buffalo, is that I oftentimes I think there's more barber shops than barbers. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and commercial real estate leases 
are pretty minute in the grand scheme of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so once what was once peak for chair rental, when I, now when I say chair rental, there's two ways you can operate in a, in a barbershop or a salon. It's either commission-based or it's chair rental-based, right? So they may work their way up to what chair rental is, and then they may be disgruntled with the, the owner or something. Something may just flare them up and all it takes is them to take a drive through Kenmore and like, well, I can have a storefront for $200 more. Right. Not realizing what really, you know, comes with all that. Not, not even from the business aspect, insurances and all that stuff. I'm not even, you know, I mean, that, to me, that stuff's pretty easy. But the book of business, the foundation that you need sure. to have in your book of business, because if you uproot and you relocate, let's just say 20, 30% of your people fall off. You have to have another 20, 30% of people waiting to get in to see you. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have to have that falling. But, you know, Again, going back to this industry, I think that's a, a problem we're facing here in Buffalo right now. Because you, you have younger guys, aspiring barbers, come out of barber school for a matter of months, a year, and they think they have what it takes to open up a shop, which they may. I'm mm-hmm. not taking anything away from them, you know. But um, from what I noticed over the years and the shops that are really doing things quite nicely, I mean, they've had a book of business, that owner or their lieutenants have, have had a book of business before opening or launching that shop, you know? So it's sad to see, because I, I would hate to see any aspiring barbers open up a shop and then fail right. miserably. You know what I mean? That's, where I'm, yeah. com- that's yeah. where I'm going with all this. I got you. Do you take the book of business of somebody that you're looking to bring in into consideration when you're looking to staff up a new place? Like, what type of, how many clients do you normally have and how many, like, do you ever think about that and how that would transition to your business? Yeah, 100%, yeah. all the time, yeah. Um, historically, I think we were we were pretty focused. Uh, now, now, keep in mind, we're obviously a younger company. I'd still consider us in our infancy, even though we have four locations mm-hmm. and over 30 people that work for the brand. But we're still young. We're still trying to find our rhythm. But in, I would say, year one, I was pretty adamant on finding established barbers to come in with a book of business. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we really looked into that pretty deeply before bringing somebody on. Mm-hmm. I can't say that's the case so much anymore. I mean, if there was an established barber that came to us and said, hey, you know, I really like what you guys are doing with the brand, the vision, so on and so forth, of course we're gonna look into that. But I don't think those are the people we're seeking out anymore, truthfully. Gotcha. So let's talk about the name and, because there's people that aren't from Buffalo okay. that have no clue, that listen to our show. Mm-hmm. So describe everything like you're describing it to someone from Mars. That knows absolutely nothing. Okay. So, yeah, Il Molino means the mill in Italian. Excuse me. Um, you know, I really associate it with the verbs that are associated with the mill. Cut, grind, crush. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're cutting hair. We have a clothier in-house that's cutting cloth. We're crushing ice. We're grinding coffee. And the one way that Google uses the mill in a sentence is people milled about the room shaking hands going back to the community thing Hmm. so and besides you know i wanted i wanted to create something i wanted to come up with a name that was that would make you take a second look or like what was that what did you say what does that mean where is that you know and then the questions go from there and then further describing who we are and what we got going on um you know uh that's crazy because i do that yeah i'm like what is what is this? What, what is, is this? Yeah. I was and, so lost, man. I you know was what? so we, lost. We didn't want to be we did not want to be your stereotypical barbershop or Frank's barbershop. Yeah. Right. Not any Franks out there, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody puts their name on there and puts barbershop at the end of it and they think they've reinvented the wheel or something, you know what I mean? So, I just you know, one thing that we're trying to do with Omelino is that we're trying to one elevate the barbershop and salon experience and we're trying to bridge the gap from traditional barbering to modern day barbering and styling. More or less, and that's what I want Il Molino to be known for. Man, that's fascinating. So, off question, super quick, because now I'm like real curious. When you look at new client, new guy walks in, sits in the chair, and you look at this dude's dome, and mm-hmm. you're like, I can do A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. Like just off experience, you you can come up with something. You're not necessarily selling the idea to the client. Mm-hmm. In lack of better terms, you kind of are, just because you're like, hey, we could do this. I know you're used to this. Have that conversation. But is it more times than not the the customer sits there and tells you what typically gets done to their hair and then you make recommendations over time and that's kind of the cultivating piece or is it 
we should do this because of these issues with your hair. Has that ever happened? Yeah, so more times than not, I would say 90% of the time people come in and they always reference what they've always gotten done because that's all Mm -hmm. they know, right? Okay. So if you go to a salon, they've been cutting your hair for 10 years. I mean, you're going to say, oh, number two on the sides, box it off in the back, finger length up top, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. I got this colic in the back. It's really springy, so on and so forth. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it it is what it is. I mean, Mm -hmm. you hear it all too often. It's ingrained in our heads. Um, But yeah, I mean, I the way I look at it and the way I operate and the way I teach all of our staff and team is that, listen, they are coming to us for a reason. So we're not here to give them the same haircut that they've gotten for the last 10 years. They are here because they've heard about us and they want our expertise and our touch Mm -hmm. on this, on this, uh, on this haircut. So to a degree, you know, I'll ask them what they get, but more or less it's how they style it. And then from there on, I then Mm. teach the guys, okay, you know how he wants to style it, do the rest. Yeah. You know? That, that's an interesting point of how they style it because sometimes, like, even with my hair, mm-hmm. I style it one way, but previously that's not how it was cut. Right. But that's just how I style it. So now it's just getting to that point where the cut is now matching the way that I style it. Right. That's really interesting. I didn't think about it that way. So, yeah. for instance, like, you know, there's guys that get squared off in the back mm-hmm. or rounded out in the back, right? So one thing that I teach the guys here is that we don't ask that because in the art of barbering, we are, there's a lot of emphasis on fading, right? So more times than not, we're doing a taper on somebody's neck. Mm-hmm. Now, you may not know what a taper is, so you're automatically going to say, you're going to steer away from a taper because you don't know what that is, right? Why would you get something that you don't know what it is, right? So right. you're going to say square it off in the back. But unless they specify, they're always getting a taper when they're leaving. But again, they're coming to us for our mm-hmm. our artistic abilities. And then when they leave here, like, oh, yeah, you know, you faded. When they come back two, three weeks, a month later, yeah, that faded in the back. My fiance really liked that. You know what I mean? So it's like something new to them. Like, yeah, man, that's a taper, you know? Yeah. And then you're, you're educating them as you go go along. Tapering's where it's at. It's, yeah. so much, it's so much better. Yeah. So much better. So when you were a kid, uh-huh. another random question. When they're like, put your head down, and then you drop your head, and then they take like the real fine, and then they just do the, yep. they get rid of the neck hair, and then mm-hmm. they, they basically prepared to taper the back. Right. Was that like your favorite part of the haircut? Because it basically puts you to sleep, because that's mine. That's like the go-to. That's the reason I keep getting haircuts. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is one of the best feelings ever, right? Right. It just puts you to sleep. You're just, yeah. Do it again. I think you missed the hair. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can go over here, too. Yeah. But, um... Uh, what was the question? Sorry, we got carried away on that. Is one. that kind of what got you into, like, maybe one day I want to do this just because you liked one aspect of a haircut when you were a kid? Honestly, no. I, I think going back, and I was just thinking about this up the, the other day, but I, I, I've always viewed myself as being a little bit more fashion forward than, I guess, the rest. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind, I'm from Gowanda, so, I mean, it didn't really take much. Dude, when you said you were forward. from Gowanda, that made almost no sense to me. <laughs> Nobody ever <laughs> believes that, you know? Yeah. And more times than not, I always say the Ellicottville area because then, again, I find myself explaining where the hell Gowanda is, and right. I don't want to spend 15 minutes out of this 30-minute appointment <laughs> explaining on where Gowanda is. I'd rather know, learn and get to know you and yeah. when we're going to rebook you, you know what I mean, so yeah. on and so forth, and how we can perfect your hair. Um. But yeah, I think I think going back to kind of having a taste for like style and trends and you know variations of clothing is what really sparked my interest with like hair grooming, self care. Yeah, because you, know? you can compliment. It's it's a massive piece of the pie. Yeah. If everything up top is trash, but right. you wear nice clothes, it's just like what happened? Right. Like just finish that. Right. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. So I think that you know I think. I think that's what really sparked it for me. And just watching, like, barbers from, like, Europe and major cities, maybe Toronto, mm-hmm. L.A., New York, and watching these individuals, like, wow, like, yeah, they're on top of everything as far as, like, fashion goes and the latest trends and styles. So, you know, that really piqued my interest. What is it like studying a new hair style that comes out? Because I feel like this part thing has been going on for a little bit too long, and mm-hmm. there's going to be something coming down. Yeah, so I think the the side part, I, truthfully, I don't think that, that will ever no. leave. No, It's I a think, gentleman cut, man. Yeah, I think it's such a classic, like, gentleman's cut. I, it's so timeless. And, I mean, going back to, like, the 40s and 50s, I mean, think about yeah. it. Everybody was in a suit, right? Hell they yeah. always had these, like, Princeton-style haircuts, either, you know, slick back, side parts, so on and so forth. So I don't ever think they'll leave. Um, and, you know, even, like, back in, like maybe the 70s and 80s when like longer hair was a thing there was still your gentleman out there rocking a side part yeah. somewhere in a suit you know what I mean it may have been a little bit longer side part but there was still a side part um, but how do we keep up with it honestly just 
a lot of the hair industry is led by like Europe. Hmm. Like, yeah, there's some like that, UK guys out that there that sense. are crushing it. So they are really like the you know I pay the a lot pioneers. Of, yeah, I mean I pay a lot of homage to those guys out there. I mean they are setting the standards in, amongst hair. It hits there first, then it hits over here last. You know, and by the time we hit it, it hits us. They're onto something else, right? Sure. Now. You know what I mean? And we're always like a step behind. So what are they doing now? Well, like an easy example that would make back sense. To the full hawk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do see that, you know. I think nowadays, I don't think there's anything out there that's like, oh, wow, like, can't believe that's in right now. Right. You know, I mean, you see mullets. I mean, we see a lot of mullets. I know. Theo Vaughn's taken off, too. Yeah. <laughs> no free shout-outs, but every, everyone wants to look like Theo for no reason. Uh, yeah, those mullets are coming back like crazy. Mm-hmm. They really are. But right now, right now, there's a lot. Actually, longer styles are making their way back, truthfully. And I think d- during the pandemic, a lot of people grew their hair out, and maybe they're like significant others were like, Wow, I like your hair like that. And yeah. now they're growing it out. Now they're doing their due diligence at home before they go to sleep. And they're like looking at a, at a haircut that was done in London. And they want that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think prior to that, cropped cuts. So basically, it's going to be a short texturized cut. Think of like a bowl cut almost. Not exactly like a bowl cut, but like a bowl up mm. really short, right? So yeah. basically, you wear it forward, extremely texturized. And you can wear it like extremely messy, but yet uniform. So it's just bridging the gap gotcha. between it. That's wild. Yeah. I wish I had my phone in front of me to show you guys. But, I mean, there's some really cool styles. Yeah. And, and, and again, they're uniform. So you could mm-hmm. throw on a suit and nobody's going to look at it like, wow, this guy just rolled out of bed. They don't right. look like that. You know what I mean? So That's Fascinating. Now, products are key, right? Mm-hmm. So you mentioned your tools being like buy once, cry once, but you'll have it forever. Now, when you work with different brands and getting their products in, are you very particular on who you want inside of your business or yeah so i mean i want obviously we want a good hair product right that's going to mm-hmm. complement all of the haircuts and styles that we're doing and we're delivering excuse me but to kind of coexist with Omolino, we want a brand that's going to represent Omolino as well where it's just like you said when you walked into Omolino, you were almost like shocked and like you know oh, wow this is bougie now i don't want to you know, but a brand that represents that as well. Mm-hmm. So when they go home and it looks nice on their shelf, so on and so forth. But it also does the job with their, you know, what what these people and what we're looking for it to do. You know. Okay. So. Do you make your own product? Do we? No. Okay. How do you get the product? Do you just reach out to them and say, "Hey, I own, I own a place, and I just want to have you on my shelf"? Like, how's that work? Yeah. So more times than not, they're uh, they're reaching out to us unless you hear of like a more underground product that's like up and coming. Okay. Um, yeah, then you'll reach out to them and just kind of see what they're about. And more times than not, a lot of these companies will send you a sample. Okay. Um, but I mean, they're a dime a dozen, man. Like, Are they? Yeah, you can find, you know, a pomade on every shelf from every various maker and a clay and so on and so forth. So I still have zero idea what the difference is between all that. Do you know? Like pomade and all that stuff? Well... I'm familiar with like KMS and I believe they're out of California, but it's a gel mm-hmm. and it's, it basically, it's like the, um, you know, the fusion shaving cream that you use and it comes out like a gel. And then when you actually, uh, turns, yeah, sounds like a mousse. Then, yeah. Then it becomes like a, a foam paste and you're like, what is this? Well, the very first part of that is what that is. Oh, okay. So it's like a gel that stays very liquidy the entire time. Then there's another, Clay is just different. I, I'm not super familiar with that, yeah, but then there's clay? there's also hair gel that's kind of like a mousse, and that it just kind of dissipates inside your hair. It's weird. Yeah, so like a clay versus like pomade gel mousse. Okay. So those three are going to give you shine, mm-hmm. right? And there's different levels of shine within each brand and okay. you know model within that brand, and so on and so forth. But more times than not, a clay is going to give you a very natural look. Matte finish, more or less. Gotcha. But, but still, still have, with the hold? Still with the hold and give you, you know, the hold that you're I think we both for. do shine then. I mean. Yeah. Because everything that, every time we gel our hair, it's just like, it looks wet all day. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But there, it's very rare to have a gel that basically looks dry but holds. So when do you, when do you guys apply the product? Like? After a shower. Is you, like a good towel dryer? Are you blow drying or is just your hair still dry. wet? Just yeah. a towel. And then there's like it's damp. 
Yeah, so I mean that's going to Is that wrong? Well, no, it's not wrong. It's just preference, really. But okay. that's going to complement the shine. That's going to enhance the shine if your hair is damp. What do you do? Blow dry it. Blow dry. Do you? Yeah. You do too? Sometimes. If I'm getting all bougied up, then I do. Damn, I got to learn. Yeah. There's a lot. So one thing you this I'm is kind of a <laughs> I'm real behind. This we'll is get you there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of another uh pathway away from our discussion right now, but wearing hats. I've heard multiple but, times that no, no it does not okay gotcha <laughs> so for everybody there's i think that a is rumor a, with hats that it makes you lose your hair quicker yeah i no. think that is baloney <laughs> absolutely baloney it's Truth 75 dollar baloney yeah yeah, yeah seriously right? <laughs> no i i think it's baloney i mean i think people are just destined to lose their hair if they're gonna yeah. lose their hair you know um like myself um i have a receding hairline but if you look back on baby pictures of mine it's the same hairline like I, it was like a like Benjamin Button, right? Like, like I came out and I had like this crazy widow's peak. But to this day, I still have the same widow's peak, mm-hmm. and I still have a full head of hair. But people like when they look at me, they're like, "Oh, you're receding." It's okay. Like I don't even get in that debate with them. You know what I mean? Because more yeah. times than not, when the people that are receding, they're trying to talk themselves out of sure. their hair not receding. But, yeah, they're in denial. You know, yeah, but there's actually things you can pick up on uh, when servicing somebody. You can see like, okay, these. This guy doesn't have much longer. You know what I mean? Oh, that's sad. Like thinning? Like it thins out? Yeah, but it's not so much in like the front, mm-hmm. which more people, more times than not, people think it's it's in the front. Um, there's actually another way you can like check. It's actually lies in the back of your head. So basically there's like this little strip that will start to form where it becomes extremely light in the back of your head. So basically your parietal ridge, right? Sorry. Parietal ridge and then back here. So beneath all that hair you'll see like a patch that's maybe like two inches and it's significantly thinner than the rest. And more times than not, when you notice that, those guys aren't like, it's just, it's downhill from there. I feel like I had to check now. I didn't know any of that. How'd you learn that? Well, I don't even know if it's in a book anywhere. It's just something that I've like, I've cut so many people. You just observed it. Observed it. I'm like, okay. And I started noticing them like, what the hell is this? And then next thing you know, like within months or a year, like that person's not coming in anymore because they're like, probably buzzing their own head you know damn and again i don't think this this information lives anywhere and who knows i'd like to know if there's another barber that has spotted that yeah but you know everybody's so worried about their hairline being like yeah yeah my hairline is not you know what i mean it's just yeah it's what it is it's tough to get that like very few people have that straight across hairline right i I don't even know if i'd want it just i don't know i feel like it kind of limits you too like from a style standpoint yeah, I mean, to some degree, you know, various hairlines just give, very, like, various characteristics to, like, yeah. cut, depending on the cut and style, you know what I mean? Then then you have to deal with the head shape, too, because head shape matters. <clears throat> some sh- yeah, 1,000%. But, I mean... That's, if, that's why I'm picky. Right, so for the people that are, like, worried about their receding hairline, and if it is, in fact, receding, I mean, there's cuts and styles out there that you can, like, you would never know that you're receding, mm-hmm. right? It's just going to the people that are knowledgeable on hair to give you that desired look so it's yeah. crazy yeah There's so you so gotta start info. blow drying your hair now yeah off camera we'll talk about changer. like real quick like, this this is how you should do it well i'll give you a quick like 10 seconds so Go ahead. blow dryer right so fresh out of the shower good towel dryer blow dryer is going to help like set your hair put your puts your hair in a position more Tra- or less trains it yeah okay well i wouldn't even say trains it, it just puts it in a position Right, sets it, and then the product comes in and holds it into position. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. But then there's a process within that process too. So if you're blow drying your hair, you don't want to do it at full heat the entire duration of like you drying your hair. You want to start cooling it down as time goes on because next thing you know, you're, you almost want to freeze like your hair cuticles. Yeah. Um, and then also like if your hair was like extremely hot from a very good blow dryer and then you apply product, it's going to melt the product. Now the product's not doing what it was designed to do. So, I mean, there's levels within levels, right? But more or less, yeah. We got a lot to learn. I know, but it's, it's a great trip through inception. Yeah. So shower, quick towel dry. Blow dry. Blow dry product. Get out the house. Go. No, Crush it. Good all day long. Okay. All right. So you have 30 employees now, you said? So you just Yeah, just over 30. That? Yeah. How many, does that include apprentices? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what is that apprenticeship like, and how can somebody that is maybe listening and they do like hair or something like that, that they want to get into barbering, join that apprentice program? 
Um, yeah, so through us or just in general? Uh, th- let's do through you guys, even if you do offer that. I don't know if you... Yeah, we do. Okay, cool. Yeah, we definitely do. Yeah, so actually going off of the apprenticeship program, so there's there's a few different things that, we're, that we offer, right? So I personally offer one-on-one training for aspiring barbers, right? Um, basically, these individuals can come into me and maybe they're good at fading, but they're not good at scissor cuts. Mm-hmm. So I can... I'll have these individuals come in and we'll do a one-on-one or maybe it's a smaller class. It's a smaller group, maybe three to five people, so on and so forth, right? And depending on what they're looking to get out of that class, so I personally do that. Then I also offer like mentoring um, for like aspiring barbers and I guess barbershop and salon owners Mm -hmm. on how to grow their book of business. And I I guess first retain your book of business because, you know, my biggest thing is is we have to retain what we currently have before we can build. We're not going to build a new book of business every week, every two weeks, every three weeks, so on and so forth. Um, But I guess second to all that, we do have um, an apprenticeship program and then we have a student program as well. And then final, we are actually gearing up with our legal counsel to legitimize ourselves as a school with New York State. So basically we can expedite the process if one wanted to come on and become a master barber, we could get it done in a condensed amount of time as opposed to a two-year apprenticeship program. But going back to your question, if anybody was interested in becoming an apprenticeship or apprentice barber, I should say, and be a part of the apprenticeship program, um, you would just reach out to us and then you'd more or less come in and we would interview you in a way mm-hmm. you know because again we're looking to bring on good people sure um, that's our biggest um, driver for us and we go from there and see if it's a fit and then we kind of just tailor a schedule that's specific to you and your personal and professional needs because more times than not um, people that want to get involved in the apprenticeship program they have a full-time job or mm-hmm. a part-time gig elsewhere or family so on and so forth but you know what it doesn't even have to be that they're interested in hair maybe they could just have some sort of artistic abilities maybe they're good with their hands or sure. maybe they're artists or they like to draw or maybe they are fashion forward you know what i mean um so i think all those things would really encompass you know one yeah all, all that stuff would really i think be the driving force for one you know for somebody that would want to get involved with hair sure you know, a lot of people come in. We have apprentices. We have people now working for the brand. They're like, when I first had these initial conversations with people, they're like, oh, I'm, I don't want to cut hair. Or I could never cut hair. I could never do what you do. So, but here they are today. And some of these guys are, you know, full-time um, professionals in corporate America that are about just about to take the leap with El Molino and go full-time with us. That's awesome. So. That's really cool. So now clients coming in that want to get their hair cut. Where can they find you? How can they reach mm-hmm. out to get haircuts done? So me personally, or the brand. So me personally, I don't really accept new clients okay. unless they're referred in from my book of business sure. more times than not. So I operate four days out of the week currently. Um, that would be Wednesday through Saturday. Monday, Tuesday, I kind of treat as a admin day slash training day with um, some of our more junior guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can find me on... Our website, which is weareilmolino.com. There's a booking link through there, which we're paired up with Squire, which that which actually is a Buffalo-based company. Hmm. Um, they're still in their infancy. Um, you wouldn't guess that because I, I think at the end of the year, they're expected to be evaluated at like $2 billion. Jesus. Yeah. So we've worked with them hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, great company. Um, so, yeah, you can find us on Squire or our website, or you can call the shop. So... That's it. And then all of your barbers are linked to your social media too, right? So they can go check out kind of what barber fits there more. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I advise pretty much everybody to really uh, create a separate account for their hair business, you know. Um, And it just separates like the conversations in the chair. You know what I mean? I mean, somebody maybe have different interests than Mm -hmm. the guy you're servicing. Right. So it just creates for... I guess good habits on the road. And, sure. You know, yeah, just business. a better relationship. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Okay. Um, but yeah. And your Instagram is what again? My Instagram is Jared Wayne white. Okay. And then the, uh, shop Instagram is just El Molino. Yeah. So we have okay. a few, few, we have a few accounts associated with El Molino. Uh, the reason being is because I, we have various departments throughout El Molino. So, I mean, uh, thus far it's been main primarily driven by hair, but we have a bar account. So the hair account is going to be Il Molino Hair, um, then Il Molino Bar. Gotcha. And then we have Il Molino Academy, you know, 
So Jeez. that's amazing. Well, it's just it's just kind of pertaining to what we're looking to right. get into and expand mm-hmm. into. I mean, we have some really cool stuff on the horizon. Um, I just mentioned the schooling, so mm-hmm. I mean, we're in that process right now with our legal counsel and legitimizing <clears throat> ourselves with the state to expedite the process. Past that, at our Williamsville location, we're actually getting into cosmetic medicine. Mm. So basically, that's going to be injectables, uh, Botox, filler, so on and so forth. Mm. Okay. Wow. So just going back to self-care, I think, um, again, it all started with the hair, but as we come in and we conquer hair my appetite for the brand and the business continues to grow and it starts my wheels continue to spin on how we're going to get involved in different industries and i guess quote unquote departments and what more can we offer these people that are coming in that's That's fascinating yeah i mean you just want everybody to look pretty yeah more or less man yeah yeah good for you dude that's huge and i understand you know right now everybody is so in tune with their appearance Mm -hmm. whether it's clothing or cosmetic medicine or hair or eyebrows and eyelashes and nails and gyms you know so what i mean much, yeah so it's, it's crazy because you got people in corporate america that care so much and then you got like your adam sandlers that just wear basketball shorts and they just <laughs> i saw that recently yeah so it's i just incredible. like laugh at it because that's so true but there's so many people that are like that but then you also get like a shia labeouf yep where it looks like an adam sandler but it's got the the same intent and focus and drive as someone that's focused and, and lives in Europe where it's like everything's based on a shape yep. and you're like what are you talking about and then you actually look at his outfit and you're like oh dude that whole thing's like based on a circle yeah, yeah. Like, it's fascinating yeah. that he can group it like that yeah. but it's there's so much to fashion that it just doesn't you know I don't know then you got like your Cam Newtons right. where it's just a whole different spectrum of, yeah. of style but at the end of the day everybody looks good right so and they're confident in it yeah my fiance she actually uh she went to school for like fashion and like merchandise and design and all that so it's it's kind of cool that like at home it's go home after a long day and we're both talking about like the latest trends and styles Hmm. and you know she just eats up the whole il molino thing and she loves it she's actually going to be uh she's actually working for the brand currently she just recently started oh cool yeah so she's a store manager by day uh, then we put her through a microblading course, so she's oh, cool. she will be offering microblading soon at our Williamsville location. That's the that's the semi permanent um, tattoo of the eyebrow. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, wow. So yeah, pretty cool. It's crazy. And you know, not to mention with her, I obviously got to pay some credit to her right now. But um, you know, she has a lot of management experience, and I think that would tie in nicely for the brand. For sure. Um, yeah, on the women's side of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Well, man, thank you so much for your time. We're, we're just about at an hour, so we okay. want to be conscious of your time as well. But thank you for sitting down and talking with us. I mean, the, the Il Molino brand in general is just so awesome because you're doing everything, and it really hasn't been done before in the area. So it's At all. Yeah, we just wanted to sit down and pick your brain a little bit, so I thank you. It. You know, I thought I was going to be nervous, but I feel like we are just getting started, truthfully. I didn't right? I know. about it. I know. Even though it's been an hour. But, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me, inviting me on the show. And if there's any way I can help you guys for the future, don't hesitate. If that's fellow business owners you guys want to interview, I'm sure I'd love to do that introduction or bridge the gap between you guys. So. Sure. Cool. Thanks. Thanks appreciate that. Yeah. We're actually, we're launching a membership program here soon. Oh, really? For all Vil Molino. And uh, one, uh, so there's three tiers to it, right? Um, and then the, the highest tier, there's actually a, a fun piece in there. It's a, pretty much, a, it's exclusive partnership rates. Now, by any means, I, we don't want to make it seem like we're a coupon book, right? Right. But... <clears throat> Basically, we've had a lot of individuals that come in, either they sit in my chair or the fellow team's chair, and they may look at the bar and say, oh, who did the marble top? Who did? Who designed your space? Who did this? Who did that? So on and so forth. Um, now, historically, I have no problem. I have no issue whatsoever circulating business. I've always done that, right? But sure. now if you're part of this program, now you can go to these various establishments and have preferred oh. treatment going there. But they're, you know, we try to associate ourselves with people that have similar brands with the Molino. Sure. So that boutique boutique brand um, and just, you know, customer service. That's really where we've gotten to where we're at today is, Mm -hmm. you know, um, that's one thing I take a lot of pride on. And I should say would be customer service. So. Yeah, that's how you retain people. 100%. That's it. So. Well, good deal. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, man. We yeah. really appreciate your time. Thank you. Everybody go check them out, Il Molino, on Instagram, and then go uh, book a haircut and figure out what they're all about because this place is sick. Yeah. Thanks, cool. guys. Thanks, Absolutely. man. Appreciate it. Thank you.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.